Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this wonderful day, and we ask, God, that you would truly just uh, allow us to find the joy and uh, the, the love that comes with once again seeing all that you have made, to see it for its beauty, to see it for all of its wonder, to just be inspired by the many wonderful things that you give us, including uh, the gift of family, including the gift of, of mothers. And we pray those special blessings upon those women that, that play such an important role in our lives, uh, that you would bless them and encourage them on this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, but more than that, God, that as we consider all the gifts and all the beauty that you have uh, provided us, God, that it would point us back to this gospel, it would point us back to the hope that we have in Jesus. And so as we, have, as we have an opportunity now, God, to once again return to your word, I pray, God, that it would speak to us in a way that changes us and molds us and encourages us, God, that your spirit would inhabit this place and it would inhabit our hearts and that we would truly glorify you this morning. And pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, happy Mother's Day again, church family. I hope your Sunday is off to a great start. Uh, we, we really enjoy having the opportunity to take these Sundays throughout the year with a particular focus uh, to be able to consider the gospel from a different perspective and, and being able to really consider the things that God has blessed us with and enriched us with. And so I, I wanted to try to set the tone uh, to Mother's Day with the appropriate spirit of not just the message, but even just what makes being a mom so special, special which is children, right? And, and the joy that children bring to our lives. And so I, I came across a list of children's favorite Mother's Day jokes, right? So they're cheesy, all right? So just go ahead and get yourself ready for it. But also, in the spirit of laughter and joy this morning, uh, I thought this could be a good way to start us off by sharing some of the jokes that children might often tell on Mother's Day. Now, I actually had the idea last night at 1030. I was like, man, it would have been really cool if I had thought of this in advance and we could have gotten some of our kids to actually tell these jokes, either here or on video. So next year, next year we'll work on that. But here are a couple of Cheesy Mother's Day jokes to get us started, to set a tone here. Uh, how did the panda open her Mother's Day card? With her bare hands. Go ahead, go ahead, get in, get in the mood. They don't get any better, all right? So just go ahead. Why is the computer so smart? It listens to its motherboard. What did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Where's popcorn? Right, okay, okay. Uh, why, what do you call a small mom? Minimum. Mini mum. Right? You get it? Okay, two more, and then I'll put, the tour, put you out of your misery. This one is actually one of my favorites. What do you call a mom who can't draw? Tracy. Right? That's a good one. I like that one. That one I actually laughed out loud when I read it. Okay, why was the grape late for Mother's Day brunch? Uh, she had to listen to one of my sermons. Uh, just kidding. She got caught in a jam, right? So all the, all the reason to do this is really just to capture the childhood innocence, right, of these, these silly little cheesy jokes that children share with us, the way they bring laughter to our lives, and, and that that's truly one of the great blessings of life. Whether you actually serve in that role as a mom or a father or parent, there are so many different ways that we have an opportunity to get to know children. And as believers, that, that's really one of our responsibilities is to welcome children, to bless them, to love them. So whether you're a teacher, whether you're just a part of this church, uh, that's one of the things that I think is so beautiful about what God has done for us is given us those sorts of opportunities to learn about his love through the gift of children. 
and to be able to find joy in that love. And so one of the things that I would say as we get started today on this particular Mother's Day is uh, I do appreciate the opportunity when we have these uh, areas of particular focus, right? You have a Mother's Day, you have a Father's Day, you have all these different Sundays throughout the year where maybe you want to have something that you pay attention to. But at the end of the day, the whole reason that we're here week after week is because of the gospel. Amen? That's why we're here, right? We're here because of Jesus. And, and what's so compelling about the gospel is you have all these different ways through which you can look at it, all these different lenses that it can awaken you to the beauty of this gospel. And so before we, we kind of move into a, a greater depth of what we can consider from a Mother's Day sort of perspective, let's just be reminded, again, of the essence of what calls us here, right? That we can sing, all things are bright and beautiful, we, we can look at all the different elements and, and details of creation and be reminded that we have an amazing, perfect, loving creator who has revealed himself through creation, as we've talked about in Romans 1. Like, he has revealed himself through all that has been made so that we are without excuse and we have the opportunity to take in a sunrise or a sunset, a beautiful weather, the trees, the mountains, whatever it is, and be reminded of all that God has made, that there is a creator and our hearts can sense it, can feel it. Right? But at the same time that we see this beauty in this world, we recognize something is off. Right? Something is broken. We see it all the time in the world around us, whether it's reports of, of sickness and illness or disease or corruption or, or conflict, war, whatever it is, we're constantly reminded that as beautiful as things are, they're broken. And we see it not just in the world around us, but we feel it within us. We feel it with our own hearts, our own souls, the many ways that we also make mistakes and we deal with certain shame, we deal with certain failures, we deal with certain shortcomings. And so we, we try to fix it, we try to find meaning, we try to find purpose, we try to find value. And then every once in a while, whether it's the innocence of a child or it's the beauty of creation, our hearts are, are turned once more to this creator. And when we really fix our eyes on this creator, what we see is that he is rich in mercy. He is a loving God that refuses to allow us to stay in this broken world or even in our own personal broken state. And the reason we can say that with such confidence is because he sends his one and only son, Jesus, to reveal that love. Right? The Bible tells us that Jesus is the perfect representation of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of God's glory. And so when Jesus walks this earth, he reveals this creator in profound ways. With all of his humanity, with all of his divinity, he teaches, he, he weeps, he encourages, he heals. And he demonstrates an incredible obedience to a loving father. And because he refers to him as a father, we begin to be awakened to this idea that at the essence of the gospel is an understanding that we are his children. We too carry a certain innocence and a need for someone that can be loved by a parent, by a fatherly figure. And Jesus demonstrates that love most, most poetically, most powerfully through this obedience that leads him to the point of death, even death on a cross. And when he offers his life as that sacrifice, we see the justice of God upheld, right? That, that the penalty for sin is paid for. Right, that all of this brokenness is taken away and he gives us all of this righteousness and we find this, this righteousness of God fully accentuated on the cross 
And that's where we find mercy. That's where we find grace, a grace that will lead to joy. And the reason it leads to joy is because we see that Jesus, as, as obedient as he was in that sacrifice, it was more than just offering his life. It was what was going to happen three days after that death. Right, that three days later, he comes back to life fully demonstrating that it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him, amen? He is risen. Every day is Easter, amen? And so that grace on the cross leads to this inexpressible joy because now every human heart understands that the hope of the gospel is that death has been defeated. That we have a loving father who wants to rescue his children. And so the invitation then is that if we can turn from that brokenness, if we can turn from those sinful impulses, if we can turn from the things that our hearts are naturally inclined towards and look to Jesus, see him as Savior, see him as Messiah, call him Lord and devote ourselves to him. And when we make that sort of decision to follow him, he restores us to a right relationship with a loving father. A father that gives us purpose. A father that says, now go and share this grace, share this joy with the world around you. It's the gospel. And we have the chance to look at it from all these different lenses. All these relationships that we experience in life awaken us to the good news of this gospel. And that's why we can take advantage of days like today, Mother's Day. And we recognize, right, we recognize that the varying levels of emotions that a day like today can bring up, right? For some of us, you're in the thick and the joy of motherhood. Some of you, it's the thing of the past and you're reflecting upon those previous years where you were really changing diapers and raising children through school, but you're also discovering you never really stopped being a mom. Some of you in here, you, you want it, you're longing for it, whether that's you're waiting for it because you're still waiting to be married or maybe you're even just praying to start a family within a marriage. Maybe you've never had that opportunity. Maybe some of you are missing your mom today, reflecting upon her memory and her legacy. A lot of different ways that our hearts are stirred today. And so my hope is that no matter whatever that way looks like for you, whether it's a, a longing, a yearning, a wound, or a blessing, a spirit of gratitude, that you look at it through the lens of this gospel. A gospel that is rich with grace. A grace that leads to joy. And that's really what today is all about. I, I don't know if you caught the theme to the songs that we were singing, right? But that's exactly what we were trying to prepare your hearts to, to hear today, right? The grace of God, the joy that we have in experiencing the grace of God, just like children. A joy that leads us to laughter, a joy that needs to be shared. That's the focus for us today. So whatever you may find yourself in, whatever situation your life may look like today, my hope is that you're able to consider the uniqueness of this gospel on a day like Mother's Day and be reminded of this incredible grace that leads to joy. Grab your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 21. One of the things that we've been doing over the last few weeks is talking about the importance of renewal within the context of a family, right? Re renewal is the whole theme to the year, right? The idea that once I fix my eyes on Jesus, like we talked about all year last year, what happens? Well, well I'm changed, 
right? My, my life no longer looks the same. I'm no longer conformed to the patterns of the world, but my mind is transformed. My, my life is transformed by the renewing of my mind. This renewal leads to, to tangible, practical life change. And we've used the book of Romans to be our guide to have this conversation. But along the way, we've wanted to stop and, and look at specific examples, specific stories that we find in the scripture that bring this teaching to life. We looked at the story of Ruth and Naomi at the beginning of the year, and over the last few weeks, we've looked at the story of Abram and Sarah, specifically their family. And, and we really have tried to look and focus in at the building blocks of their story and the building blocks of family, right? We, we talked about Abram's devotion to leave his own country, his own people, and go to a land that God was going to show him, and that sort of faithfulness that really sets the tone, that he was really looking for a city that was architect and builder was God, right? It wasn't of, of an earthly nature and that sort of devotion that compelled Abram. And then last week we talked about how that devotion and that pursuit of that calling really spoke to his family, especially the building blocks of husband and wife, Abram and Sarah and their story. And hopefully if you were with us last week, you saw and were encouraged, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. And Abram and Sarah's was far from perfect, Right? And they had all these different mistakes, all these different missteps that they took within their relationship that a lot of it was, was colored by fear and doubt. And that was kind of one of the questions we wanted to wrestle with was how often does fear and doubt impact our relationships within our own marriages or with our own families? And that the way we need to overcome that is by really resting in and trusting in God and not just trusting one another, but trusting in God's promises and trusting in God's plan. And so we had an opportunity to look at all those different things so far in husband and wife. And so now we're going to continue this, this exploration into the story of Abram and Sarah, but really focus in on Sarah and, and her particular journey with just a few verses in chapter 21, especially as she enters into this, this gift, this fulfillment of this promise that allows her to experience the joy of motherhood. All right, so let's take a look at Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7. It says, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant, bore a son to Abraham in his old age, and at the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age? Just a beautiful story, right? Again, we, we talked about it last week. Uh, Sarah was, was filled with mistakes, right, in her approach and her, her doubting in God's fulfillment of this promise, uh, especially as you look at the way that it influenced her relationship with Hagar, Right? I mean, she was far from perfect. And you can look in and a lot of those details and these, these examples in her life. And then yet, here we get in chapter 21, and the very first thing we read is the Lord was gracious. Isn't that great? Isn't that good news? Right? That even with all of her shortcomings, her mistakes, she didn't get it right, she struggled with doubt, all those different things, and yet still the Lord was gracious to Sarah. What a beautiful reminder of our need for God's grace. Right? He, was, he was gracious to Sarah. He was faithful. He fulfilled what God had promised her. Right? He brought it to fruition. That was one of the first things that really stood out to me as I was reading this text. And then you get through some of the details of Isaac being born, and you get to this statement where she says, God has brought me laughter. 
And everyone that hears this with me will laugh with me. And it's, it's a really interesting progression because just like we talked about in the children's message, the initial laughter was really a kind of a laughter of doubt and skepticism. Like, no way, that, that's not possible. But then it happens. And that laughter is, is not out of skepticism, but true joy. And, and so when you think about just the, the, the continuum of Sarah's story, I love what, it's, what it does in terms of reminding us of just a very simple truth of the gospel. Right? God's grace, his faithfulness in fulfilling his promises, God's graciousness that he extends to us leads to joy. Right? That's where it should lead us, a genuine joy. And as she says, everyone that I share with this, they're, they're going to laugh with me. It's a joy that needs to be shared. Such a powerful story. And so as I read through it, um, I, what really struck me was how cool is it to see God's grace leading to joy, especially through the lens of motherhood. What a great thing to, to think about. What a great angle to take and lens to look at the gospel, to consider how grace and joy reveals itself through motherhood. And, and yet, as I started, started to think about that, I thought, well, what in the world do I really know about experiencing grace and joy in the context of motherhood? Uh, really nothing. And I could, I could stand up here and, and we could kind of go through the things that I've observed, things that I've seen, but the more I thought about it and prayed about it, I thought, you know, I think, I think we need to take a different approach today. I think today needs to be more about testimony rather than just some sort of expositional sermon. Right? And, and I think there's a real value to that within the life of a church. Right? That, that testimonies play a very instrumental role in our understanding of this gospel. You look through the Old Testament and time and time again, we see God say, remember how the Lord brought you up out of Egypt. Right? And that, that call to remember what God has done in your life Right? He continually tells us, don't forget what I've done in your life. Don't forget how I've rescued you. And so I think there's a, a value in a church that says, let's stop every once in a while and let's share what God has done. Let, let's look at it not just from a corporate level, but even from an individual level and be encouraged through the word of testimony. And so as I started thinking that way, it led me to, to the idea for today's message, which was either a really good idea or a really bad idea. But I decided to ask Jennifer to help me with today's sermon. Uh, it was a good idea because if you've ever listened to Jennifer, she's got an incredible heart. Uh, she has an incredible gift to bringing uh, just God's spirit to life. So that part I knew was good. I didn't know if it was a good idea to ask her to help on Mother's Day, right? Hey, happy Mother's Day. Help with a sermon. You know, here's more work for you rather than less. Uh, but I decided to go ahead and, and chance that. And of course, she was excited with this opportunity. And so I'm going to have my wife come and join me now up on the stage, and we're gonna talk a little bit of Q&A about the joy and grace that we find in motherhood. So put your hands together for my wonderful wife. Hello, is this working? Oh, yeah, test it out, is it working? Hello, can you hear me? Okay, hi. <laughs> All right, good deal. So this will be pretty casual. Um, we're just gonna hang out, and I'm gonna ask her a few questions that allow her to share a little bit about uh, the grace and joy that she's experienced in motherhood. Uh, and then after we've had a chance to hear from her, we'll kind of wrap things up for us this morning. So, uh, Jen, good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. <laughs> um, for the guests and visitors that might be with us this morning, just share a little bit about yourself. Okay, I'm Jennifer, um, Jeremiah's wife. Um, I'm from Oklahoma. Is this really loud? feels like it's very loud. No? Okay, I'm not used to this, so. Um, <laughs> it's new. Um, I'm from Oklahoma, born and raised, and uh, we went to OU, is where Jeremiah and I met. Boomer. Yep. 
And we, uh, so I had always felt so like, I got, I got what, yeah, we got a couple we got suitors a couple in suitors. here. here we go. Um, but I had always in high school always felt, um, you know, God was calling me to do something with missions or ministry. And so, um, and I wasn't really sure what that was. And then I had gone on a few mission trips and that's when it was like very obvious that's what I was supposed to do with my life. And um, uh, so we went to OU and, and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I like, I'm sure my advisor hated me because every, every semester I was like, I'm changing it. And she was like, oh, that means you can't take that class anymore and you wasted that credit hour. You know? So I kept changing, changing, and I, I landed on nursing. And so anyway, graduated as a nurse and worked for a little while out in California. Then we moved to Dallas and then Arlington. And then now we're, well, we haven't physically moved here, but now we're here in Fort Worth. So mm -hmm. um, I have three kids, uh, James, Annabelle, and Wu, David Wu. And uh, I'm also a school nurse, so I do that. And yeah, that's awesome. kind of a little bit about me. And she's great at all those things. And I like, and, and I nurse. have backyard chickens. That's important to note. <laughs> and a lot of house plants. <laughs> Pray for me with the chickens. That's the... Uh, <laughs> That's the fun one. Uh, yes, she's great as, as a nurse and as a mom. And so uh, obviously it's been a joy for me to watch you grow into that role and continue to serve in that role. But one of the things that I would love for you to share with folks today is from your vantage point, what is one of the best things about being mom? Oh, it's the best. I love it. Um, well, it's, I think, you know, one of the things I have like a mission statement in my clinic that says, you know, what I'm about. And uh, a friend of mine recommended I do something like that. If actually, Shannon De Silva up there told me to do that. Anyways, um, so my, my mission statement for the clinic goes along with how I feel as a mom, um, because I do feel like I'm kind of like the school mom. I take care of the kids. But um, it says, helping children grow to be happy, healthy, and whole. And that's kind of my mantra. I try to look at every kid through the lens of those, that, that lens of health, because there's a lot of ways you can look at that. Um, and so parenting, to me, like one of the coolest pieces is, is the joy of like watching the growth in your children um, and it's also equally the hardest thing <laughs> because um, as we all know um, growing if you're if you're into like plants or into gardening like you don't have a ton of control over how that seed is going to grow you can you can do everything in your best intentions you can get the right soil the right compost mixture and you can put it in the sun or in the shade or wherever it belongs and you can get you can order your seeds from like straight from the you know the farm and and everything can be perfect and you just don't know what's going to happen and it's really really a beautiful thing but it's also incredibly scary because you you're just doing the best that you know how to do and um that's kind of how I view like my role as a mother I feel like I am I have no full control over everything because that's God's plan, you know, I can't, I cannot disrupt whatever God has happening for my children, um, but I can do the best that I can to make sure they have the right nurturing and the right sun and pointing them to the God, and, um, and I, th I think, you know, it's just, even just physically watching them grow, like as little bitty babies, even whether in pregnancy or, you know, how we adopted our little boy, you know, even just the process that was, um, it's just been really cool to watch how, to see how God has shaped them through the conditions that we've done our best to protect them. But, you know, we yeah. do the best that we can. <laughs> and we try. Yeah. We try. And so uh, you're, you're hitting on one of the aspects of the question, which is what is, what is a difficult thing 
about parenting and obviously that lack of control. Yeah. So kind of an impromptu question here. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you. Uh, how do you personally handle that feeling of not being in control? What Ooh, do you do? I don't to... like to not be in control. <laughs> no. Um, well, it's hard because we all kind of feel security and control. You know, there's a little piece of like you feel as long as you know it's going to happen, then you're okay with it. And I think that's why we have to have, like, that's why God's so important in our lives. Because when, the thi when things crumble, when the things that we thought for sure were for sure were for sure going to happen fall and break, and the structure that we built so perfectly crumbles, we really just have our faith. Mm -hmm. And there's just, you just can't see it. Like, it's not a physical thing, and, and it's really just based in, like, your depth and your roots, if we're going with the growth theme, uh, your, your roots and the Lord, you know, um, because we have had things like that happen. And I was just telling, I cannot remember who I was talking to. It was literally like 24 hours ago I was having this conversation with somebody. Um, but we were talking about how um, this person, I cannot think of who it was. It was in our house. I don't know who it was, but they were in our house. But anyway, um, <laughs> I remember where they were standing. Who were they? Um, but we were having this conversation about... Um, about their hard time that they were in the midst of. Like, they're in the middle of something hard. And I said, you know, the craziest thing is that every hard thing we have been through, like, once we get to the other side of it, it has really pointed others to God because mm -hmm. we were able to point to that thing. And, you know, off the top of my head with children, I would think of, you know, when we went through, we went through a lot of infertility. Mother's Day used to be very hard for me. I used to just be, at our old church, every Mother's Day, they played some kind of slideshow with a bunch of babies. And I was like, okay. So I would like wait in the foyer while until it, it was over. And then I would come and sit down. And just because it was hard for me, because we had gone through so much infertility and like years, you know, like surgeries to see what was going on, things like that. So it was like, it was like not just like I didn't get pregnant after two months. It, was, it took a long time. It was very hard. Um, and, you know, so that season, God was like really growing. Um, our faith, and there were days where we were super mad, and we were sad, and um, so that was a hard time, but when I look back on it, I can't think of the countless times I've been able to talk about those days, and how here we are now, um, and I even think of our little boy, uh, David Wu, who he's been through a whole lot, and his story could be turned into something deeply tragic, but it's it's been amazing, you know, to see his growth, and um, you know, just I, I'm so thankful to the woman who gave birth to him and who cared for him for a few months and did the best that she could and the, the orphanage that took him in and loved on him and, and nurtured him and did the best that they could with him. And so, you know, you look at these things and they are like, like life-altering, shattering, but the, God's faithful through it all. And yeah. he's, he's very, he shows up in those moments. Even in the, in the middle of it, you may not notice it, but you get you live long enough, and you get to the other side, and you, you can see why the path was, why it had to go that way. Yeah. So. I think that's so important to remember that <clears throat> that sort of faithfulness does take perseverance. Right? So like while we sing that song we were talking about earlier, all my life you have been faithful. Uh, we don't always feel that in the present moment, but oftentimes looking back, we can. And I, I think that really your, your words and your testimony speak to a lot of what I would imagine Sarah must have felt, right? This lack of control, <clears throat> this this sense of God said he was going to do this, and he hasn't, and I, and I want to try to take control for myself. And then, and then going through all those different heartaches and, and all those different struggles and frustrations, and then now, reading chapter 21, she's mm -hmm. able to respond and say, now I see it. 
now looking back, I can see he was faithful and there is this joy. And so having that, that perseverance to endure those hard times will ultimately lead to the joy that we're talking about. And I know we've experienced that personally and, and you particularly yeah. through the joy uh, of motherhood. Yeah. So speak a little bit more about recognizing there's this lack of control, there are these difficult things that come with parenting. And so how have you found grace in parenting? Or tell us where you've needed grace or how you've okay. seen God ex express grace to you. Through well, the I, I think expectations help because when you go into anything expecting it to just be the smooth ride, like you're just going to be disappointed um, in life. I mean, just there's just, there's just hard things that we have to figure out. Um, one of the books I was reading recently talked about, you know, that suffering and, and hardship is just, it's just a part of life. And so instead of ending your day with, God, why was my day so hard? And why is this? Like, you ask God, like, did I suffer well? Did I do a good job? Did I steward the suffering that I'm dealing with in a way that gives you glory? So um, I just want to throw that in there as another, like, mindset that I have to have. Um, but how God gives us grace, is that what you mm -hmm. said? Okay. Um, I think that for Especially me, in, parenting. in uh, parenting. Have you seen God give you grace in the role of being a parent? Okay. Being a mom? <laughs> um, I, I would say uh, for me, I think God gives me grace just in the moment by moment. Um, and it is uh, like in Psalms, what is this verse? Psalms 119, I believe. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. And I, I, always, I always think of this verse when I'm like really kind of having, I'm needing that grace from God because because um, in these verses, he, he doesn't talk about my word is a like beam of like fluorescent lights to light the whole future for your whole entire life. He literally says it's just like a little lamp, you know. Mm. And so, um, you know, I think of like a f putting a lamp by your feet and being like, okay, that's the next step, you know. And, um, and you know, even today, there's, there's things I'm like, oh, we don't know. Like, what does this look like if in five years, what's this going to look like? In three years, what's this going to look like? And sometimes I think God is giving me grace. He's saying, just, you know, return to me and search me, and I will give you just that next step, mm -hmm. you know. And, and maybe it's not the future all the way through, but at least it's that next step that you need to take. And so I, I feel like, in answering your question with parenting, I feel like he gives me grace just moment by moment through his word and through prayer and, um, and fellowship and friendships. Um, I just think that that's where I find my grace. Awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, elaborate on that then by thinking about the scripture we've looked at today, how that grace leads to joy. So talk again. You talked a little bit about the best part of parenting, but kind of look at it from the lens of joy. Where do you find joy in being a mom? What are those joyous moments? I think I can find a lot of joy when I, well, talking about like control, um, when I'm able to kind of put down my fear and control, I feel like I can really enjoy um, my role as a mom. Because when I'm controlling and when I'm fearful, I, I just feel like I, I can't, like I cannot for that moment with my kids. And it's like my, my, my uh, patience is run thin. My, I notice all the negative. But when I'm able to just trust God, to put my fear on the shelf and put my trust on the shelf with God, I feel like the joy of the Lord it can be my strength in those moments, you know, and I can um, joy, I don't think necessarily means like you have to be like smiling and happy all day long, but it just is like a piece. Which we are. Yeah, we're always smiling. Every day. Always. We never get mad. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I think for us, it's just that it's like a peace in your heart, like having peace. Um, and by no means, like, do I have this all the time? You can ask, if you line my kids up, they'd be like, 
not 20 minutes ago you weren't, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I just think that that joy and that peace in your heart is, is just, it allows you to like live life to the fullest. It allows you to not view everything through the lens of, well, what if this happens and what if they fall and then they got, they're going to get hurt, you know, and the kids are little, you're worried about all the little stuff, like you're worried like, oh, don't let them trip down these stairs, you know, and as they get a little older, you're like, oh, we don't, we don't watch those shows or whatever. And then, but as they get older, you're, you're trying to navigate life and how much do you let them go to the deep end and be a part of the world? How much do you protect them? And so um, all of these things can really elicit a lot of fear and control as a mom. And I do think that uh, like leaning into um, that just God's con in control um, to lay that fear down and to know that there's, there's grace to be given for each and every day. Because, you know, we need that grace. We can't really survive without the grace of God. And it allows us to have that peace, even if it's not what we're wanting or we, the circumstances aren't what we hope they'd be, you can still at least have that peace in your heart. Yeah. I, just to share a little bit of what she's saying from, from my vantage point and where I see a lot of joy, um, I guess, revealed in her approach to being a mom in particular is for those of y'all that know Jennifer at all, she's very relational. Uh, that's very much who she is. She, she thrives on building those sorts of relationships. Her number one love language is quality time, right? I mean, that's, that's what really fills her. And so one of the things that's so great to see, and it can happen on any given day, is that uh, I will be able to stop and look and see that Jennifer has chosen a moment to just be with her children. You know what I mean? Like the task doesn't work, bedtime doesn't worry. Like, seriously, we put our kids down, and then when she goes in there, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be another 45 minutes, and there's gonna be so much laughter that comes from the room because she's gonna get them riled up again. But that's what she does, right? She sees them for who they are, and she brings joy to the home. She brings laughter to the home uh, by looking beyond the tasks, looking beyond some of the other things. I mean, obviously, she has that moment to focus in on those as well, but but never losing sight of the fact that these are precious moments with our children and to really just lean into them as people and to love them and to create that joy in our home. So I love seeing that and the way that you contribute <laughs> that to our home. He kind of hates that they get all riled up again. Sometimes. He's like, I always get them calm and then you get them wild again. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're ready to go again. But it is really good. It's really valuable. Okay, uh, another question or two for us. Um, one of the things that we've talked about throughout the year is renewal. Um, you ever get tired being a mom? No. <laughs> Never. No, just endless energy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> How do you practice finding renewal as a parent? Yeah. What, what, do you, what does that look like for well, you? Well, I'm not very good at it. I will say that. Um, I'm working on that because uh, I am really tired all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he knows that. Um, I'm always, like, I'm, I'm, like, constantly tired. Um, Today you get a nap. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I, I would say um, renewal could look like a lot of things. Um, I mean, if we're thinking spiritually, it's obviously like the word and just find, and I, I like to like be alone when I read it. Like I don't want the kids like all over me. So if I can find like time alone in the morning or if I can go to a coffee shop, things like that, that really fill me um, spiritually. Um, but even just like time with a good friend or um, time with you or um, gardening um, or um, just, you know, being outside, I tend to find that renewal for the next day. Um, I'm not very good at that. Most days it's just like, you know, trying to wake up, get the kids up, go to school, work all day, come home, activities, dinner on the table, things like that. Um, 
but I am trying to get better at, you know, taking care of um, my, my own mental health, whether it's, you know, talking to others, reading the Bible, things like that. So, yeah. um, but I think it's really important because um, we do pour so much out every day. All of us do. Um, and to find that time with the Lord um, is really important yeah, and absolutely. others. To be able to operate not while you're running on empty, but out yeah. of the overflow of what yes. God is doing. Um, okay, so last one or two questions. Uh, extending this conversation beyond the lens of parenting, but really same themes, just kind of maybe elaborate a little bit more on some of the things you may have already referenced. Uh, but where do you feel like uh, you see God's grace and joy just for you personally, not just as a mom, but just in life? And, and, and kind of paired with that is how do you try to share that joy with others? Okay, grace and joy, is that what you yeah. Okay, um, I think just in, honestly, it's gonna sound kind of cheesy, but just like in creation, like I love, like most anything God created, I love that. <laughs> so. I love animals, and I love plants, and I like being outdoors, and I like, I love people, and I love children, you know, um, so I, and I do think God, we are, we are created by a very creative God, and I'm always aware of that, um, of, of just, like, what God has done, like, when you walk outside, I think, I think it's really why I enjoy, like, gardening and flowers and planting things so much is because I'm just blown away at how creative God is and how um, beautiful it all is, so um, I think just being close to God's creation, um, kind of, I think, the way he intended it to be, probably, <laughs> um, just with the way he created the world, I think he wanted us to be together in his creation, enjoying it, um, and so that's honestly where I find the most joy in my, in my life, um, but extending beyond that, um, I, I feel this, this responsibility to share that with, um, at this point in my life, I would say the kids that come to my clinic at school, mm -hmm. um, just, uh, feeling the desire, whether it's a, you're a school nurse or not, I mean, whatever you do in your life, um, or you work with children, you don't, just sharing that with whoever is around you. So I, I do think as a parent, it, it attracts other, just by having another kid, you end up getting to know other parents, and they have kids, and it just, it's just a natural thing that happens when you start having kids, and um, I just think being able to keep your eyes open for those kids who really need to be pulled in more um, or who a parent who needs a little help, things like that, a single parent. Um, I think even if you're not a, a mom, that's something we can all do, you know, just take care of each other. So um, that's something that I really feel called to do in my job and that I equally find tons of joy in. So it, it's, it's a really cool how God brought that into my life to be able to, to find joy in ways I didn't think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think you use the word responsibility that is such a, a cool thing to see again, you know, we all probably have opportunities to come home and share stories around the dinner table. And so when we have a chance to share about our days, it's, it's very evident that um, and the needs of people around us are great. Whether you're working in, ele in an elementary school as a school nurse or whatever uh, God has you doing, uh, it's really about having that mindset, right? To be able to say, okay, I have a certain responsibility to take what, what God has shown me, the graciousness that he's expressed to me, uh, the faithfulness that he has expressed to me, and now I get to be joyful in it. And so I, I want to point other people to that. And I want to be that source of joy for others. And I know you've done that really, really well as a school nurse. So um, that was my last question. Do you have any final well, thoughts? I, I was just going to say, too, that I do think that, um, along with what you were saying, that a lot of times I think you're either in one spot or the other. You're either in the place where 
you're looking for joy and you're looking for that grace and you're just struggling and that's that's okay too you know sometimes you hear things like this and you're like I'm in a place where I need to find I mean it's hard to give it if you don't have it yourself and so I think you identify like where am I am I in the place where I am like on empty and I'm seeking looking for joy and grace and I need that faith or am I in the place where I that's something God's given me and who am I gonna like hand that out to and how am I gonna um, give that to the world because I just I don't know if it's post-pandemic or just the world but it's there's so much desperation you know out mm-hmm. there um, in the in the world it's just it's it's more I feel like it's more than before the pandemic maybe it's not but it feels like there's more of urgency there's more panic attacks there's more things like that happening um, and so if you are available to like show love and to reach out and to say things that might cause like a conversation it's worth saying you know if you notice something's off or if you see a kid who you know their parents are busy and they need help maybe chipping in a little anyway but that's I was just going to say like sometimes but the other side is sometimes you just are in this place that you need to be poured into so we do a talk with the kids at school and I was telling um, them to be watching out for each other you know like pay attention like keep your eyes open and when you notice one of your good friends starts acting different and they're a little bit more quiet and they kind of start withdrawing. This is for like the preteens, the preteen talk. <laughs> um, to really like, like get, figure out what's going on with that kid. And I think that's good for all of us to kind of just keep our eyes open and paying attention, you know. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, do you want to do lunch later? Yeah. Thank <laughs> Let's you. do it. Awesome. Will you put your hands together for my wonderful wife? You can go ahead and have a seat back down there. Thanks so much for sharing. There you go. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks again for sharing. I I hope that uh, just a word of testimony today is encouraging to to each of you. And I I love the way that Jennifer offered kind of that final thought there that, you know, as she shares with those kids, you got to be able to watch out for one another. And, And that's really what that looks like within the church, too, right? I mean, that's what it means to be part of a church family. We, we come here uh, to celebrate this gospel and to watch out for one another, and to be able to recognize when we know people in our lives, in our midst, that need to be poured into, right? They, they need to be shown grace. They need to be given joy. They need to be reminded of God's faithfulness. And at the same time, we're watching out because sometimes we, we need those things. And the more we can do that here within this church family, the more we can do that for each other, the better equipped we are to do it for the world around us. That when we leave this place, we go with that sort of mindset, with that sort of, that lens, that perspective to say people need to be poured into and we need to care for them. And one of the the great markers of being a follower of Jesus, one of the key characteristics, two of the key characteristics are the themes that we've talked about today. People of grace and joy. And so ask yourself that question this Mother's Day. Ask yourself as you reflect upon your own relationship with Christ and where you are in your own life. Right, where do you need to experience that grace? Do you, do you need to come and, and express that need for grace before God and before others? And how are you bringing joy to the people around you? How are you experiencing that joy personally? How are you bringing it within your own home? Whatever your home looks like, what are you doing to foster that joy that comes with knowing Jesus? And how are you sharing that joy so that we can learn from Sarah's example and what so many of us experience in our own lives, right? That we have these moments where we make mistakes, 
We have these moments where we're overcome by doubt. But then when we look back, we can see his hand upon us. We see his faithfulness. And we can demonstrate to to everybody that we come in contact with, the Lord has been gracious to me. He's done what he promised. Even when I didn't understand it, even when it felt like it was out of control, he, he did what he said he would do. And so now he has brought laughter to my life. And as I have a chance to share his story and his goodness, others will laugh with me. This joy can be shared. That's exactly what we want to do as a church family. And so let's pray together as we seek to pursue this together this day. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for the grace that you show us. We thank you for stories, testimonies, lives that can point us to that grace and that joy. We thank you for what we see in the scripture concerning Abram and Sarah. I thank you for uh, my wife and her willingness to come and share how she also has experienced those, those similar experiences of doubt and concern, uh, but being able to trust you and being able to, to look to you in a manner that allows her to once again experience uh, the grace that you afford each and every one of us. And so, Father, as we consider these words of testimony this morning, I pray that we would all leave here encouraged and challenged, Father, to, to rest in your grace, uh, to call for it, to, to desire it, and to be people of joy. God, that we would be those people that laugh Uh, and that the world would look in on us and to see that peace that transcends understanding. God, that 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 laughter would not be contingent upon our own circumstances and our own conditions, but that that laughter and that joy would be rooted in a gospel, a gospel that never perishes, spoils, or fades, a gospel that is unmoving, a gospel that is sturdy, so that even in our darkest days, even in the midst of tears, even in the midst of hardship, we can say the Lord has been good to me, and we can rest in his amazing grace. We can rejoice for what he has done. May it be your grace that leads us, Father. We pray this all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen and amen.